And, you know, that's one of the big things about financial education on this level is introducing people to various members of their financial support team. Get ready because here I come. Hey there, and welcome to the Just Boldly Go podcast, where I help women face their fears, set goals, and take imperfect action towards creating a life they can't wait to get out of bed for every single day. If you'd like to see what we have going on, you can head over to justboldlygo.com. And if you're a women-owned business, we'd love to invite you to join our women-owned business directory at sheowns.org. All right, today I'd like to welcome Carrie Friedberg, who I've actually known for apparently seven years, and I can't believe it's been that long. Before she had kids, my kids were tiny, and yeah, so tell us what you do, Carrie. Hi, Amanda. I'm so happy to see you again and reconnect, and thank you for having me. I am a financial coach, so I work with individuals and families and small business owners all over the world in a holistic process helping people align their spending, saving, and earning with their values. Excellent. I, you know, I know what you do. I've known what you've done for a really long time, but I just don't know why I haven't already hired you to help me with my financial issues. Um, But I know that you, um, so when you first started out, or when we first met anyway, you know, you did not have kids yet, but you were running your business. And since then, you now have kids. Has your business changed much Um, with the addition of the kids? Well, I have made the big decision only to work three days a week. And by containing client appointments to those three days, it does mean that often after bedtime and sometimes on the weekends, I'm catching up or doing certain parts of on the business work, admin or client email and follow up and things like that. But at least um, containing kind of my live on work time and organizing childcare to complement that, that's been that's been a big choice. Um, and that's allowed me to pick up my daughter who's now in kindergarten um you know from school the bus stop a couple of days a week and i just cherish those those minutes and those moments because i know they're fleeting and every year her school day will get longer and longer and then i work at my son's preschool it's a co-op one day a week so that's really important to me as well because my first career was in education and i love being in the classroom I love that. I helped a lot when my kids were younger too. My oldest is about to graduate and I always tried to make time to like, you know, be in the classroom and know the teachers and know the kids. And it's, it's nice when you have that flexibility. It's really nice. Yeah. It's, it's hard. (laughs) Um, It's like, okay, what day is it? And, but I sort of consolidate my, my work schedule so that it's consecutive days and I can kind of enter work mode. Like most people enter a work week um, for a few, for a few days. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best in, in, in both fields, the stay at home mom role or days and, and work as well. But I think it's good. It's, it's a well-rounded week. Well, it sounds like you have found a way to balance both. And that's really the key is, you know, not trying to be both all at the same time, but to find a balance where you can have this and this 
and do both. And it's such a great example for your kids to see you doing those things. Thank you. Yes. And you know, it really requires a lot of boundaries and a lot of uh, delegation and asking for help and um, you know, even with clients, oh, can you meet at 7 p.m.? No, I cannot. So, you know, that's the most demanding time of my entire week. I don't get into it with them, but I just say, my last appointment is at 3.45. And, you know, um, so that's been a journey, of course, uh, the self-care and self-awareness that's um, required to know how you feel and what you need and what, what boundaries need to be set and that no is a complete sentence. So that skill set has really changed my life and allowed me to have a work-life balance that, that works and flourishes. I wish that I had figured that out a long time ago. It is something that I do now where I if I want to work on weekends, I can work on weekends, but nobody should expect me to be working on weekends <laughs> or in the evenings, just like you said, you know, setting yes. boundaries and really taking care of yourself because you end up in a, you know, burnout, awful place and you're being mean to your kids and you don't know why. And it's just all of these things just because you aren't great at setting boundaries. That's, that was my early parts of my business, hundred <laughs> percent. I know exactly, and and I I, I can't believe um, Amanda how much kind of boundary coaching and um, example setting and whatnot is in my work with clients who are trying to feel happy and confident about money, and you know it really lack of boundaries is a primary cause of overspending um, and financial enabling and, you know, credit card use, um, abuse, and all of these things that stress people out and can feel overwhelming. It, it really stems from the inability um, or fear of saying no to themselves, to certain stores, to flash sales, um, to adult children, to young children, to, to spouses, and even, you, you know, um, extended family members, it just keeps going and going. There are always people who need and want your money. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, somehow with all of the things that you have going on, I know that you've created a course, right? Like that's what's coming up next for you is that you've somehow found time to create a course. I know. Oh my gosh. It's been like starting a second business and I'm so excited and proud of what I've created. And it's been a true labor of love. You know, it really came out of the pandemic. I mean, sheltering in place and there with, with lack of travel and canceling all of those plans. You, you may remember my family is in the Midwest. And so there were multiple family trips and events last year. And I chose to stay home and not attend any of them. And Oh, that was sad and heartbreaking, but it did allow me to create this course and it's called Personal Finance 101. It's really the culmination of everything I have learned in my own financial wellness journey, as well as my training as a financial coach and financial behavior specialist. So just last year, I completed these five financial psychology courses at the graduate level, and that really affirmed so many things that I was already doing in my private practice. And it also just elevated uh, the conversation for me and for my clients. And I just wanted to, to um, record and document um, a lot of the distinctions and tools and practices that I offer everyone I work with. And it's not that there's one size fits all at all. <laughs> my work is very custom and everyone has their own family history and story with money. But there are some, there is some basic education 
around savings and a holistic approach to debt repayment, if relevant, um, even the, the spiritual work and practice around money and how to feel connected, how to feel present, um, you know, even breathing techniques so that you can relax more about money. And um, those are a few snippets, but yeah, it's 25 interactive mini lessons about personal finance. So it's me, audio and video and um, kind of touch and feel and write down various exercises um, on, on the wide range of topics under personal finance. And there's an accompanying um, workbook that goes with it that, you know, can turn into kind of a financial wellness journal for people, as well as a year-long membership um, where people can continue to learn and connect, practice, and receive support for an entire year after they take the course. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Thank you. I'm so excited. It launches on April 6th. So that is the day and I'm I'm behind the scenes, busy and getting ready and nervous, excited about the launch, of course. Um, and um, I'm really proud, proud of it. And it will be available to the public then. Awesome. It's such a needed topic. And, um, you know, it's people don't like to talk about their money. And the, that's really one of the reasons why I wrote the book that I wrote, because, you know, I had all this debt and I paid it off. But then I was just like, oh, like, I don't really want to talk about this. Like people are, and I still get the reaction of you had how much debt? And I'm like, I know. And I got to a point where it's, I don't have any shame around it anymore. Like everybody does it. And if we just talked about it more and educated people more, we wouldn't end up in these vast holes that we, you know, it's so hard to get out of. But I think there's so much lack of education, especially for women that, you know, you just assume you're going to grow up and get, at least, you know, if you're from the med Midwest, yes. you assume you're going to grow up and get married and your husband's just going to take care of things. And then you grow up and you're like, oh, like maybe I should know some of this stuff. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. You know, one of my mentors, Barbara Stanny Husson, wrote a book called Prince Charming Isn't Coming. And she's someone in my her. life. I know. I love her so much. Exactly. <laughs> Um, she's someone in my life who's really not afraid to talk about money. And I remember the very inklings of my own journey before I hired my first money coach, before I became a client myself for a couple of years, which was what really set me on this path. I had a friend that I could talk to about money. There was one person in my life. I trusted her completely. I was rigorously honest with her, transparent about how much I was earning, how much I owed, what my bills and expenses were, what my stress points were, the breakdowns with family and roommates, like just all of the things that were that were very stressful, shameful, embarrassing, um, and wonderful. We also shared and celebrated the successes together and um, sort of lifted each other up. And that experience with her really, really changed my life and planted these seeds of light and possibility that I just kept chasing and finding and then, you know, eventually sourcing for myself, mastering and learning how to teach other people in an effective way to find it for themselves as well. It's interesting that you bring up Barbara, because I just read her book, Sacred Sig. Is it called success? success? Oh my yes. gosh. It was so, such a life changer. And actually my person who is very similar to the one that you described where we like are completely open with each other about where our struggles are and like all of this other stuff. She texted me one day and she's like, you have to read this book. 
like right Aww. now, whatever you're doing, stop reading and read this book right now. And it was such a game changer. Like seriously. Yes. Totally. Totally. I know. I love that book. I did like a four day intensive with her on that topic. That was the name of the retreat back. Um, I had a, a short stint on the East coast living in New York, but that retreat was in Maryland and got to be with her in person. And I've seen her even on the West coast since moving back um, since at another women's wealth weekend up in Seattle near where she lives. And She's amazing. One, one to watch and one to follow and such an inspiration and has written many, many books about women and personal finance. And um, yeah, her conversation has grown and, and evolved just the way yours has and mine as well um, as our own relationships with money change and, and evolve to, you know, we're responding to life circumstances, um, changes in the income expense ratio, growing children, um, you know, home ownership or whatever all of the, the big life transitions are. So, yeah, I, you know, I think the biggest deal with Barbara and that message is that, um, especially as women, we need to clean up our side of the street and we need to take full responsibility for our financial lives, whatever they look like. Even if you have the dream and which may become a reality of, of having children, making babies and staying at home, that's fine. You still need to know what's happening in the house of money um, in terms of, again, that income expense ratio, as well as how it's all being handled and, and to get in there and to be involved. And if you're someone who's timid in this area or feels a lack of confidence or the dynamic with said partner is tricky um, or they may even be a financial professional, you know, there I work with a lot of people. Well, my husband, not only does he handle everything, he's also an investment advisor. I mean, that's a, that's a tricky one, but um, still learning education, learning distinctions and tools that you can use increasing your vocabulary, building those muscles, requesting consistent money dates and conversations. And these don't need to be paid sessions with even a financial coach or a financial planner. And you know, that's one of the big things about financial education on this level is introducing people to various members of their financial support team. You know, do you have an accountant that you both like, trust, and respect? Yeah, yes, yeah. no. Have you taken care of all of your estate documents and have someone that you both like, trust, and respect? You know, and there are about eight different members um, of a financial support team that, that adults may need to employ or um, use the services of at some point in their life. And so if you don't have a financial confidant, like you were saying with your friend and that I had as well, that you may be someone who kind of qualifies for money coaching, you know, in a way I am people's best financial friend, you know, for yeah. a period of time. It isn't necessarily a lifelong relationship, though I do work with people sort of less frequently over time, long-term that happens, but it's more um, 
it's more like you need to have someone in your life that you're having these conversations with, asking all of your questions so that you can feel more confident going out into the world among employers, family members, um, even store owners. Oh, I changed my mind. I want to put these back. I mean, that is a, a um, pausing and in the moment of, you know, the purchase point it's all related and it's all the same thing. And it comes from practice and facing your own finances without fainting. (laughs) I love that. So one of the things that I've noticed about myself is my husband and I, because we each run our own businesses, basically we have separate accounts. Like, you know, he has his checking and it's it's all separated and I pay for some things and he pays for some things. And there was a, a point, you know, I've been in business for almost 15 years now and things are great for a very long time. And then I kind of pulled back a little and my finances were not great, but I had him to lean on because, you know, he's always going to bail me out. He's not going to leave me hanging, but you know, I had to borrow money from him, which is embarrassing because I'm running my business. I shouldn't have to borrow money from him, but I realized that there are a lot of women who don't have that. They don't have somebody to fall back on or they're the main breadwinner. And when those things happen where you're like not making as much as you should be making or could be making, and you just don't know how to even things out. It's, it feels like a money coach is exactly like what you need to help you get things rearranged and reassess where you're at. Exactly. I call one of my services, a personal finance reorg. Yeah. It, and there's, there can be, um, we don't know what we don't know. And it's, so a lot of my job is um, master of the obvious and just saying, you know, empowering people with choices. I will support whatever people decide to do with their money. It is their money after all. And I will be your biggest cheerleader for whatever big decisions or commitments you choose or maintain. That's, it's all good. Um, Any lifestyle choices and and we're going to do the math and, and look at how it all adds up and how much is left over at the end of the month. Are you facing a shortfall? Let's go through four solutions to a shortfall and just, it's like kneading the dough. It's kind of like gardening. You just have to roll your sleeves up and get in there. And I mean, there are just so many people who choose to keep their head in the sand um, and remain avoidant. And, you know, it's hard to look. It can be uncomfortable. I'm not saying it would be easy, but exactly what you're saying, cash flow, budgeting on the monthly and annual level. That's exactly what I do with people, as well as the tricky stuff around emotions, around money, communication dynamics, um, and all of that. So it's a, it's really a right and left brain process. And then as soon as people want to have a longer term conversation and plan forward or have questions about retirement accounts and rolling over 401ks and everything else, anything that's beyond one year, so five and 10, 20, 40 years down the road, I refer out for that conversation to a fiduciary investment advisor, you know, certified financial planner. That's who would then escort them and be the expert on that level. So yeah, I, I'm so grateful to do what I do and that people just, you know, tell me things that they've never told anyone else in their life, the secrets, the, the mistakes that may still be happening in their forties or from back in their twenties or shoplifting as a teenager. Like, I mean, just these 
these amazingly rich and vulnerable stories come out and that willingness to be honest is it's there's no way I can control that, but it is a requirement. It's a key to success. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, understanding, you know, what it is that your money issues are and is really the key to, and where they came from is really the key to making it different for your future. I know like I, you know, grew up with parents who didn't have a lot of money, but my dad spent, well, even further back, my grandparents did have a lot of money and my dad as a grown-up, did not have a lot of money. He was a firefighter who got paid squat. Like there was, he, it was a very minimal amount of money, but he continued to spend like his parents did. Right. And then I spent like my dad did. And I still have a, a horrible attitude towards money of my husband is very good at planning and has, you know, savings and all this other stuff. And I'm always like, eh, there'll be more money. And that's not a great way <laughs> to live in your forties. Like you, it's time to start planning. And let, uh, another thing you said, the avoidance, that's exactly how I ended up in $64,000 worth of credit card debt is because I avoided even looking at it for right. a very long time. And then I was finally convicted that if I really want to change this, I have to look at it. I have to look at it. And it was the worst day of my life, but exactly. it, it also led to some really amazing things. So oh, yeah, just really understanding where you came from and what is causing it has yes. to be part of it. For, for me as well, I had a similar financial flashpoint. And for me, it was a huge breakdown where I realized that I was financial enabling, financially enabling my live-in boyfriend, like in, in a very significant self-harming way. And I couldn't believe it. And I already had, you know, I already had thought I mastered that lesson. Like I had already recovered from that behavior pattern. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, and then it was a couples therapist that was like, you know, holding up the mirror. You need to, you, you need to face your role in this problem and in this dynamic and in the constant fighting and in the, you know, wanting things to be different because you're an active participant. Like do you see that you are X, Y? And I, I literally it, practically collapsed and I did absolutely cry myself to sleep that night. It was so, it was so earth shattering. So different details, but the feelings were the same. I hear you. Absolutely. It sounds just the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, about couples and married couples, I think it's fascinating that you guys have stayed separate um, with your accounts. And I mean, you do have extra work to do, right? Around yeah. tracking who's paying for what. You have three kids, yes? Yes, yeah, we have Yeah, three. and oh my gosh, it's a five-person household. Do you have pets as well? We have a cat. Of course, that's right, <laughs> you're big. And I mean, it's just busy. Like there are a lot of beings that are changing and evolving with their needs and costs and life transitions and all of the things. And the more accounts you have, the more work it is to maintain it all. I am generally a big fan of couples going joint um, to simplify. Yeah. And it turns out that people tend to have more money to pay bills on time in full when the money is pooled. You know, the balance is higher, like that's yeah. interesting. And that's an adjustment. But it, what it does, Amanda, is eliminate borrowing it eliminates the paybacks or the tracking and even if you guys were earning the exact same amount of money which is 
totally impossible and probably never happens. Um, that the contributions are never like exactly 50-50 and the calculus of how to figure out who's paying what and how to make it proportional. I mean, when you're married and you own your home as well. Yeah. 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 Married home owning three children that are all still on the dole under the roof. Yeah. I just, I think that's fascinating. And some of my colleagues actually require that their clients go join and then schedule their first session. I don't require it, but I'm highly encouraging of it. I understand the reasons and the emotions and different family histories around money. And like, if you were my client and wanted to stay separate, we can make that work. Of course, we would be tracking everything for the family in one place on one financial tracking software platform. So we can see how much the personal family expenses cost um, so that you guys as a married couple can still make joint decisions and plans about what you're going to do this year and how much, how many um, lifestyle expenses you're going to, you know, provide for your family, like vacations and things like that, that mm-hmm. are a bigger ticket item, um, as well as creating joint savings goals. That's another big one. And even if couples remain separate, and I have several that are um, set up that way, they, I really encourage them to experiment with a couple different joint savings accounts, just to have that that bonding and that shared project. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. We ended up separating simply when my debt happened. Like, you know, he didn't know about yes. it. And it caused a lot of issues between us with I money. See. Right. But then at, at that point, he was a teacher. And yeah. I had started my business and I needed to keep my business stuff separate. And uh-huh. he then he started a business. So it was just like, now it's so complicated to mush it back together. And it's just, yeah. So it's just, it is what it is at this point. Totally. Um, we, we have, we arranged it. Like when we first split things up, like I pay for all the groceries and I pay right. for the internet and I pay for the cable and I pay most of the kids stuff. Not, right. Not all of it. Like um, our oldest son had a, an issue. He's about to graduate and he had been advised that he didn't need to take any foreign language because the state of Ohio doesn't require that anymore. And, but he's going to school in Georgia and Georgia does require that. So he had to cram in two years of French into his senior year. And the only way to do it was online and it was a thousand dollars. So we split it. So, you know, just things like that, that come up, we, we just have, we bought him a car for his graduation present because we had a second driver and uh, having three kids in like three and a half years is not a great idea when it, when you get to this point and like everybody's driving and now everybody's graduating and it's like everybody's in college and it's like oh my gosh what have we wow. done yes <laughs> I never realized that the age range was that small oh my gosh yeah it's tight and um like you know we're planning for him going to college and uh he has enough in his savings to pay off his first semester yes. and and some extra but we said hold on when like your second semester you start making payments and whatever you pay, I'll pay the same amount and hit, and my husband will pay the same amount. So we're like kind of oh, great. hitting his college so that he yeah. can kind of get out debt-free because that's, uh, we ended up out of college with no debt and it was magical and we don't want to put that on him. That is a very significant gift. Yes. If you can provide that for your kids. Oh my gosh. I mean, we're trying, we've made it work. It's not always easy. Sometimes I feel like I'm paying more for things. Sometimes he feels like he's paying more for things, but I think it always evens out. 
Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you guys have a healthy dynamic around it and it is kind of positive and light as long as those conversations are peaceful. And they are now. <laughs> they were not they are now. They are now. <laughs> peaceful and loving and consistent. And um, how many years has it been since you paid off your debt? Uh, let's see. I paid it off in 2009. So okay. 11 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, a, a while. And I look, like I said, I am totally supportive of any setup, as long as it's working, and you both feel like it's working, yeah. you know, otherwise, and you're still young, you know, you have half of your life together, length of merit, you know, to go and um, there may be a time when simplifying makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or if someone takes, a, you know, a longer leave of absence from work or goes back to school or um, a sabbatical of some kind, you know, then you can call someone's account joint and things like that. But I never realized that detail that you just shared about that your husband didn't know you had the credit card debt. Yeah, no, he did not know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I that was really shocking and for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. We almost got divorced over it. But by the time he found out, I had it paid from 64 down to 48 already. Yes. And then he's just like, oh, like after the initial shock and after, you know, like processing all of it, he's like, how much money are you making? Because he didn't know, you know, we right. everything was separate and he had no idea. So I told him and then he's like, I think you're making more money than I am. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, like, is that a problem? And he's like, no, but why am I still teaching? Because he hated it. He hated teaching. I see. He stayed in it because, you know, his parents were teachers. He got, you know, the summers off and he's like, well, you know, I'll just make do. And once he realized, you know, I was making more money than he was at that point. And um, why stay in teaching? And I'm like, I don't know, quit. Like, you don't have to be, I hate that you're miserable. I hate that you, you know, hate nine months of the year. And actually you really hate 10 because by the time August hits, you're like school starting again and getting all grumpy because you don't want to go back. Yes. So I'm like, just quit. So it took a couple of years for him to transition into it, but he's been in business now for 10 years. So it was really the best. The debt was horrible. It sucked paying it off, but it had, it was the catalyst that changed so much for us that I, I don't regret it at all. Not even a little one cent of it. Do I regret Totally. Oh my gosh. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And also you had drawn that line in the sand and done what it took. And I hear you that it wasn't easy to have a chunk of your income every month or however often you were making payments to, to chip away at the debt, but that you had already brought it down by like $15,000 of post-tax money, um, which is a really big deal. And you also, he had the aha moment that you were earning more and that he sort of saw this opening and this big transformation for your family and, and the breakdown as an opportunity to break through and break out of an unhappy career. That's so many things at once. And, and a real gift from that. So many gifts from that hard time. And it sounds like it's unbelievable now because with him, you know, we both have so much flexibility now that we can just be like, I mean, for this year, we have a trip planned for every month this year, whether it's going for a wedding or going for, you know, this or whatever, but we have something planned and we can do that because we have flexibility and I can work from wherever 
and he can, you know, take off whatever he wants. So it's really, really wonderful. Wow. I'm so, so proud and amazed at what you guys have created for yourself and, and that you had the foundation of a healthy marriage and relationship to get through probably one of the hardest things of your life, you know, that, that did impact both of you guys, because it was money and it was communication and, and honesty and, you know, withholding um, and working through that. And I'm sure you're, you're closer all because of it. And now all these years later, you get to celebrate and, and have more and more of what you want. Exactly. It's really like, it's turned out better than I ever anticipated it. Wow. <laughs> Congrats. Yes. I need to read your book, by the way. <laughs> so inspiring. Thanks. Um, so you're, you said April 6th is when you're yes. available. How yes. can people work with you right now? So I am available for one-on-one money coaching. If someone prefers um, more of that custom experience and hand-holding and individualized support. So I have a private practice. There's limited space, but there is space if anyone um, wants to have a complimentary consultation and hear about how money coaching works and all of the logistics, you're welcome to reach out to me through my website, um, which is sfmoneycoach.com. And my email is carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E at sfmoneycoach.com. And um, like I said, also on my homepage, you'll see if you're more of a DIY, do-it-yourself person that would enjoy a self-paced course that you have an entire year to finish. Um, And it's available on the mobile and you can um, go in and out of it and receive that continuous support of learning and practicing and connecting through the membership that comes with the course, then that is also available at sfmoneycoach.com slash membership. And April 6th is the day. I feel like it's my birthday. Um, <laughs> and it's coming up so quick. Like by the time this airs, it'll just be in a few days. But even from right now, where we're talking, it's really quick. I'm really excited for you. I can't wait to see how it goes. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's been so fun to chat with you um, and to see you again. You look great and I hope we can stay in touch. Same. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, you better cause here I come.